This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who will take on a whole army by himself, Ryan Nelson. Justin, like incest and dragons in their Targaryen <laughs> family, I am back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a recurring theme in this show, apparently. So, And we kept it in the family, so let me thank my cousin Blake. Well, that's true. We did. <laughs> <laughs> for for like the Targaryens, we kept in the family. My cousin the Blake, that's right. Uh, did a did a fantastic job last week. So let me thank him again. I really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the third episode of House of the Dragon titled Second of His Name on HBO and HBO Max. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level when you join us. Up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right, real quick, before we get into episode three, uh, yeah. obviously you were not here last week for to talk yeah. about episode two, and you hadn't yet completed episode two when we first when we talked about our other two episodes last week. So real quick, what were your thoughts on episode two? Uh, really enjoyed uh, episode two. I thought it was the episode where where they where we showed how good and capable Rhaenyra was. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the episode, and there were so many great scenes of like Otto and Sir Harold, like when she would make a decision, like when she made it. She talked about stuff in the council mm-hmm. when she decided to take Christian Cole. You know, when when she fought like. Uh, when with the scene at the uh, with Damon, they would just give her a look like, okay, right, exactly. <laughs> this, like Sir Harold had a look on his face like this one's re- legit, right. And at the end, Otto was like, yeah, I can't manipulate this one. Yeah, <laughs> this, it, it, that's right. this is this is a foe. I also thought this was something I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this, and we kind of saw a lot of it in this episode. The Saris is really struggling with. He's not an especially three years ago, he was not an old guy, but everyone keeps talking about him dying and and moving on. And he's like, I'm not ready to that. And so that's why, and it causes so many of his issues with Renera because we see it again in this episode, because he doesn't want to talk about, and he's not helping her get ready because he's not ready to turn that over because for some reason he's having like a midlife crisis. It's like, Hey, everybody's trying to get rid of me and I'm still here and I'm not that old. So I thought that, I thought that was interesting. And then like, you know, 
as we see this week, Matt Smith comes in hot <laughs> at, at the end and, and takes the episode to another level. Yeah, he does. And let's just, we, I talked about this last week. This show just, it finds, it has a level, but when Matt Smith is on it and when David mm-hmm. Targaryen is on it, it just finds a completely different level. Yep. He, the only lines he has in this this episode are at the beginning when he's calling for the craft feeder to come out and he's telling him to come yeah. out. He doesn't say another word after that. Right. No, but the scene at the end of this episode where he basically decides to take on the entire craft feeder army all by himself. Yeah. Is so powerful. And it is so it is. incredibly spectacular to watch. And Matt Smith, like I said, we've talked about this before. Neither of us were familiar with him. We, well, I mean, we were familiar with him, but we hadn't actually seen him do anything because none of the things that he had done previously were things right. that we had watched. I don't know what he's like in those other things, but he's just phenomenal in this. Well, he, he's beloved in the, uh, like his biggest things of the crown and Dr. Who, and he's beloved in those. Right. So, you know, obviously th- this is Matt Smith delivers. And I just love how he reads the letter beats the hell out of the guy <laughs> but takes a minute like takes a minute yeah. like, he kind of like thinks about it and like I've, yeah. i wasn't really sure where he was going but then you're right he just yeah. completely clobbers the dude so of course you're like well viserys didn't come through again right but no he doesn't want his brother to take he credit he doesn't want his brother to take credit he doesn't want his brother to have any part of of yeah. this and it's like for initially it's like if if viserys had come and immediately i think he probably would have been fine with it but yeah. for this to have gone on for two years and for it to have gone on the way that it has he, he's he wants nothing of it he'd rather lose at this point than yeah. to accept his brother's help and he's he's i think he was willing to i think he was willing to just go on a suicide mission at this point he was one oh, i think he was and it, be- before the dragon comes when he takes on the arrows he looks around like, okay, this may be it. Right. But I think he thought, if they don't hurry up, I'm dead here. Right. All right. Let me just let me just die. But like you know, the uh, Caraxes comes and saves him. But I'm with you. He was ready to to uh, to you know sacrifice himself. And one of the greatest scenes, because you knew when he did that white flag, he was about oh, to yeah. take out about four dudes. Yeah, I was expecting that too. I, I was like, there's no way he's just going quietly. He may be surrendering, but he's not going quietly. Alright, let's talk about the dragons real quick. Uh, okay, that wasn't Caraxes that saved him, because Caraxes is his dragon, correct? correct? Yeah, but I thought... But the, yeah, I, No, his... Uh, Corliss's son is a dragon rider too, and he has his own dragon. Uh, Okay, so that must have been his dragon. Yeah, okay. and I don't know the name of it. Because if you look at them, they're different. The, that, the dragon that came in to save them was... He didn't have that long neck. That long neck is so... You're right. You're is right. so... Uh, it's just so distinguishable for Craxis. Uh So I'm not sure what... Is it Lanira? Is that the boy's name? Yeah, Lanira, And he... Cool looking guy. Yeah, he is. Like, very good casting. When I saw that guy... When I saw him, he looks good. Nice looking young man and right. cool hair. I was like, well, he's about... We, He'd already been mentioned as mm-hmm. a possible, you know, match to Rhaenyra. You know, got to keep it in the fam. Got to keep it in the fam. <laughs> but when I saw him, I was like, yeah. Yeah. This is a good looking dude. This yeah, is, is. going to happen. And then he he was awesome. Like, like where he's going off on his uncle who, let's just throw it out that Sea Snake's brother sucked. <laughs> yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was about to get killed. Uh, but uh, I, I thought he was great. And then. 
you know him him on the dragon man it was it was great i'm looking it up if we can find out what his what his uh dragon's name is yeah i hadn't looked that up yet either obviously you know we did this kind of on the fly here on yes we, we yeah we're the, filming it right after yeah <laughs> yeah so we're not 100 percent. we don't have everything sea, sea smoke is his dragon okay uh, one that is easy to pronounce thank you yes yes <laughs> sea smoke i like sea smoke i can pronounce that one easily because i know there's cracks and there's sea smoke i can't remember nira's name off the top of my head but uh all right, so let's just let's kind of track backtrack. Obviously, we're starting at the end here a little bit, but because that's that's just it was an awesome scene at the end of this of this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just no way of getting around it. But let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning of the episode. Obviously, this is. Let's talk about the time jumps real quick. Uh, they're a little disorienting. It's a little bit. It's that's one of the things that's been a little bit difficult here with this show so far is. The time jumps, they have to do them. So, like I said, it's I'm not necessarily it's not necessarily disorienting the fact that they have to do them. It's just that you you have to really pay attention here at the beginning of every episode to figure out yeah. what has transpired, what what did we miss, what do we know, and I'll give them credit. I think they do a pretty good job of filling in those gaps. I agree. So we we have the the uh, initial battle. So we know that they're they're uh, Damon is fighting the crab feeder. So we right. know that. Also, when Damon Targaryen, they're going to be you know poor uh, stomping casualties even on the yes, good guys. Are. Right, right. He had like I love the guys like help me my prince and then smash. That's right. Yeah. Well, one right. of the things I think I like about that though is it just shows what. What comes along with dragon warfare? Yeah, you're going to have ultimate, you have this ultimate power that your enemy doesn't have, but you're going to have a ton of collateral damage that affects even your own side with this. Right. And so that's one of the things I think, this is the first time we really get that. They really show that in this in this show, but they really even show it in, in Game of Thrones either when uh, Daenerys was riding her dragon. You right. never really saw her take out any of her own, but I'm sure that was happening. They show it in yeah. this one. Yeah, and then I was going to say, to what you were talking about, they actually do a very good job because we see Viserys has a son now, right? And and they mentioned he's two, so we're like, okay, there's been a, a time jump, and then like a minute later, you know, they mention that uh, the sea snake's brother wants help, right? And he and he's like, it's been three years; they're on they're on their own. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like they did a good job of pointing that out. Okay, it's been three years; right. we know that now. So we we have this time jump. We we see the new the new son. Rhaenyra is still pissed off about the fact that mm -hmm. her her not that her dad decided to marry because that's one of the things that was evident. I thought at the end of episode two, and they they come, they come back to this at the end of episode three here at at the end of second of his name. The one thing is she was okay. I mean, when they had a kind of heart to heart there towards the end of episode two, Rhaenyra was okay with him remarrying. She understood this mm -hmm. is what you're supposed to do. She understood that you are supposed to marry for advantage. That's, that's what you do. So she was fully expecting him to marry the 12 year old. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, 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 that's what would strengthen our house. It's what would make us better. The most level headed person that they have put in the show, Lord strong I mean, he, I mean, like I said, he seems to be the most level-headed person. He, yeah. he presented the case to marry her in the most sensical way. He's like, look, 
she's she's the right match. I mean, yeah, she's 12, but she's going to mature. She won't be 12 forever. She's the person that you need to match to strengthen your house, to strengthen your house name. It, it makes sense. And yeah. Rhaenyra was okay with that. She was, she's like, that's, that's, this is what needs to happen. But the moment that he betrays that and decides to marry somebody of his own choosing because it's somebody that will make him happy, not because it's going to make their house any stronger, even though Hightower is a strong house and it has a strong name because it is the hand, the hand of the King. It's, they still don't have the wealth that the, uh, that Corliss, uh, what's his last name? Valerian. Is that the yeah, last name? Yeah. Corliss yeah, Valerian. Valerian. Uh, Valerian. I thank you. Uh, he doesn't have the strength of the wealth that he does, and it doesn't strengthen their house that much. So this is what pisses her off is because of the fact that if, and it goes back to this whole thing that she's subconscious, that she's self-conscious about this and she has every right to be that yeah. if Alicent is going to produce a son for him and it's the, from a woman that he loves, like he loved his mother, like he loved her mother, then he will put him on the throne instead of her. And we yeah. are seeing the results of two years of this, this being built up. And apparently Allison is a baby making machine because she's got yeah. one child and she's all about to have another. Well, and then also in the trailer, they say something about, did they say it like a third child on the way? I thought I heard that. It may be. You talk about the, you talk about the, the next on thing that yeah. they did. I'm not sure. I was, uh, I think you may be correct though. So I was trying to, I was actually, that's more of what I was thinking. Like how far ahead are we jumping at this point? Yeah. Millie Alcock is still there. Allison is still there uh, playing by, I can't remember. Allison. I, uh, this is going to, I guarantee this is their last episode. I, think so I, bet, I, bet, I bet we jump. Uh, uh, let's see who plays. I had, I've got a bunch of them listed, but I don't have her. Uh, Emily, Emily, Carrie, who was right. really good this episode. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, she, she really stood out because she had really taken on the queen's role. Yeah. Like, it, and that all it entailed, uh, you know, when, when those women uh, at the I guess, tea or whatever they were right. having, insulting her husband, you know, she made sure she took up for, you know, I, I guess her stepdaughter, I yeah. guess you would call it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you know. And then, like, just her counseling her husband and being there for her and right. then giving him good advice. You know, she, she was good. And let me shout out Emily Carey. I, I was uh, I for, did not realize she had played young Diana in Wonder Woman. And then she played. Oh, you're right. And then she played young uh, Laura Croft, and which I hadn't seen the movie in the last Laura Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, I've seen so, that. I uh, remember. She is very good at playing young uh, versions of big characters. Yeah, she is. She's she's been really good. And one of the things that she's doing really well because I think the one th- one of the things that they are making obvious is I don't think she was too willing of a participant in this, and she doesn't seem to want to really do what her father wants is, which is to make his line become the line of succession. That's not what she wants out of this. She wants to just be, yeah. uh, I think she has developed feelings for, for Viserys. Mm-hmm. I think she has developed those. I don't know that they were always romantic, but it's one of those things where if you're married long enough, it's, it, it's probably just going to develop. I don't really know how arranged marriages work. So right. not, not real experienced in that regard, but uh, like I said, I think she has developed feelings for him over the course of time. And, like I said, she didn't want, I don't think she really felt like, because I wasn't really sure 
last week how willing of a participant she was but i think it's very apparent at this point she didn't she has no desire to really carry out her father's plans but right and she's and that's what she's doing basically i mean she she was at the end when she goes in to talk to viserys because he wants because Otto hightower tells her you know you need to go reason uh, talk reason into him and that's what she's going in there to do and she ends up not basically trying to push him towards putting egon egon her 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 son as the as the uh as the heir to the throne that doesn't yeah. come up at all she just basically ends up talking some basically one of the great things about that scene is she finally she's like the only person who looks at this from a logical perspective because everybody else is like all right if we're going to go help out if we're going to go help out damon and corliss out on the stepstones you know what will this make it look like what will it say about the king what will it make it look like and she's just like are we better off with the, with this guy, the the crab feeder in our life, or not? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like let's just start. Let's stop thinking about what's it going to make us look like. Are we better off with him being there or not? And the answer is, we're better off with him not being there and yeah. causing us problems. Well, she also mentions, you know, don't you actually love your brother? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like I said, she seems to be the only reasonable person mm-hmm. in the room. Sometime, uh, but so uh, go ahead. So you mentioned the scene with her and Otto, which we knew this was his plan all along, but it right. was so nice to hear him. When you see the full plan was, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to pimp out my daughter. So she has a boy and he can take over the realm. That's right. And we can get rid of Rhaenyra. You're like, uh-huh. This, it was obvious. It was kind of like, you know, while he's listening to everything, he's like working in the back and right. he's giving like, Hot, like hidden middle fingers to like Damien yes, right. and the C-Stack family and all that. But he's like, he he's already on board, but you know, like I said, we knew that was his plan, but it was always like, okay, now he's admitting it. Well, what's great about this is because he knows that, that he doesn't want to, he knows that Viserys does not want to renege on naming Rhaenyra as his heir. He knows that. So, when we first got, we finally meet a Lannister in this. So oh, that was kind of cool. We finally get yes. to meet a Lannister. But when basically Rhaenyra rejects the idea of marrying Jason Lannister and Otto goes to him and says, why not marry her to Egon? <laughs> It's like, dude, what? Yeah. And we look over, uh, and like, Viserys had the same look on his face that I probably had at the time. And he looks over, yeah. and he says, he's two. I know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, not to mention the fact that they are half-brother and half-sister. I know. Let's not uh, even talk about that. But, I mean, like, we're, we're yeah. plotting his marriage at the age of two to his 17-year-old sister. I'm like, because, like, like you said, that's that's kind of like the ultimate compromise for Hightower is, yeah. hey, he won't he won't take Rhaenyra down, but if my grandson marries his sister, then I get the best of both worlds, and it's all gravy at that point. And man, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's great. Let's just marry. Let's let's start talking about who our two year old is going to marry. I know, man. It uh, wow. Look, and this is the way it worked back then. Uh, That's 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 part of it. So, I mean, they they don't shy away from it. They shy away from it in Game of Thrones, but they're not shying away from it. No, no. Which you know, I respect that. And and let me mention something that they showed in the in the last episode. I know you guys talked about it. I liked that they showed how young uh the the sea snake's daughter was right Mm -hmm. like she looked 11 she did she did because you know uh you and i have talked about this like daenerys in the books is like 14 13 or 14 now granted she's played by a 
a woman that was like 21 that right. I, was a developed woman that, you know, and they, they made her look like she was an adult. Yeah, they did. So I like, I like in this, that they're not making that mistake again. Right. That mm-hmm. it's like, these are kids. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They are very much kids. And like I said, it's just so interesting to, to actually see this play out. And I think it, because they didn't have that shock value. They went the shock value yeah. that they went for in Game of Thrones was the blood, the sex, the and the gore, and just the violence. That's what the the shock factor they went for. Outside, which is interesting with this one, outside of that first episode where they had the dismemberings and they had the orgy. Mm-hmm. They have really dialed back on yeah. on some of that. Look, obviously, you got a, a very bloody battle at the end here, yeah. and you have him dragging out a you know half of a body of of a crab feeder. But we don't actually see him do that when he, he goes in the right. cave and he comes out with with the with the torso in hand. Like I said, it's interesting to me that they seem to have kind of changed gears with this because I was wondering that at the start of the show and when we got that first episode, like, okay, I guess they aren't dialing back on something, but it seems like they were just kind of like, here's the Game of Thrones you remember. Here's the Game of Thrones that you fell in love with. But now that we're into the second and third episode and what looks like it's going forward, it appears they're going to say, okay, but we're going to be a little bit different now. It's not going to be quite the shock value. We're going to shock you in in ways, but it's going to be different ways. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, so like I said, interesting thing about this is Rhaenyra and, and Viserys, you know, they obviously aren't getting along They're They are not seeing eye to eye to say the least. They continue to struggle to find any common ground in their relationship. Like I said, we thought there was going to be a little bit of a breakthrough at the end of episode two, but once the man he met, he announces that he's marrying Alicent instead of Corliss's daughter, that all changes, that all blows up and they go a completely different way. Rhaenyra is headstrong. She is stubborn. And you I honestly get the feeling that she would be a better ruler than Viserys. I, I, oh, absolutely. I get that. I get that vibe to say the least. But I love the fact that when she goes, when she just gets so mad and she goes off, she sees the thing that they're hunting for. Because this is this is one of the things that he's struggling mm-hmm. with in this is because the the Targaryens are so into symbols and they're so into dreams and they're so into the signs from the gods. They're so into this type of stuff. When there's all this talk of a white stag that has been found and they are so rare because this was at one time the symbol of a king before dragons descended upon Westeros. This is what starts to, he's already having enough people tell him once Allison had a son, you got to change ears, you got to change ears, you got to change ears. But when he starts to see these things that appear to be signs from the God that on his second naming day, whatever that is and whatever that means, right. I, I just know it's his second birthday. But when he sees this and he sees this stag that has been located, he starts to think, okay, the gods are telling me I'm, I screwed up. The gods are telling me I messed up by, by naming Rhaenyra. And you can see him as he's approaching that on his horse to go kill this stag. He's, it's like he's not enjoying it. But once he right. gets there, it's a relief. Like, okay, it's a brown one. It's not white. Yeah. Like, so there was some relief there. There was some, yeah. there was some, some easy to tell relief. But what's interesting is the white one ends up revealing itself to Rhaenyra and to Kristen later mm-hmm. just in the very next scene i just thought that was interesting yeah i thought it was too and what does she decide let it leave just let it go yeah, just let let it it go. Leave. Mm-hmm. yeah and i was gonna say uh auto which uh reefs uh ifans 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 incredible work yeah he is just just 
just what he's doing because he had the the great line and he's just in his ear on this of all days i've never been one for importance but the gods are showing us a favor yes they are i mean you know yes uh yeah so he's really just in his ear and let's this patty constantine he is not because he has probably the worst character yes he does Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't get the praise but he was cooking in this episode Mm -hmm. and he the stuff he's doing because again like to me and i know there are people who've read the book stuff you could tell he's not gonna be around much longer he looks worse he looks Mm -hmm. older he looks like he's dying he He got just hammered drunk Mm -hmm. he's not good at the job he hates the job he just there's he just knows he's supposed to be in the job and then just all the people telling him one thing after another, you know, uh, he it's just driving him crazy. And really, he only has, well, now he has his wife, but he only has uh, one person he can trust, uh, the strong guy. Right. Uh, yeah. So he gave him more good advice than that was, which strong was that? That was, was uh, I just call him Lord Strong. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, really. Lord Strong. Well, his brother shows Lionel Strong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lionel Strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about his brother in a second. But uh, so Lionel Strong, like he can still go to him and get good advice. And like, because uh, like uh, Lionel, he thinks Lionel is just like everyone else. Right. When he uh, is telling him to marry his son, which I can't wait to. Did we see his son in the? In which one? It, when one? the battle in the battle in the first episode, I'm sure we did. I just don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're talking think, about the jousting thing. Yeah, I think that, he was there. His, yeah. Okay, his son is supposed to be a bigger character, so I think because he had the the cool nickname. Uh, I can't think of what it was. Something something foot. Yeah, and uh, was that was that the one that showed up with the twisted foot in this one? No, no, that's his brother. That's his brother. Okay, gotcha. That's his brother, uh, Larian who, okay. Laris. Who everyone says this could be this is gonna be a huge character. And you can kind of see it. He's got the foot, right? He's smart. He's sitting in with all the gossip, but he's right. just sitting there and taking it in. Like he, he you feel like he could be a Tyrion or little finger type character, yeah. which I know he ends up being a huge character. That was a very good intro to him. Uh, because like I said, you could just see him. When the way he sat down and was just taking it in, I'm like, okay, this guy's smart. But Lionel's uh, son, and I'm sorry, I can't think of. He's a huge warrior guy, right? Because uh, you know he even mentions, oh, you mean the strongest guy we have? That this is who you want my, my daughter? It's like, no, right? No, no. <laughs> no. You, need to, you need you need to marry the sea snake son. So, uh, you know, that was I thought that was a really good scene, and again, it, it just shows you can actually trust Lionel. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's what they're like. I said he he gave the best advice. He seems to be extremely level headed, and, and he seems to understand the workings of this better than anybody else, or at least he understands what he should be doing. And he's trying to get the king. He seems to truly care about the king. He seems to truly care about the yeah. kingdom, and what, he just wants what's best for everybody involved. And that's basically to put. Uh, the king's house aligned with the uh, Valerian's house. That's what he's. That's what should work best for everybody. He, you know, he denied the advice once when he didn't marry uh, Corliss's daughter. Now he's basically saying, "Look, you have a chance to make that right with your daughter. Let her marry Corliss's son." And it makes a lot of sense. Now, okay, go ahead. I was wrong. 
Lara Strong is Lionel's son. Okay, gotcha. Okay. okay. But his other son is Harwin Breakbones. Oh, okay, gotcha. Breakbones, okay. Yeah, yeah so that's what... Uh, you know, we will, uh, and he, I think he is about to become, uh, yeah, th- I think this was the first mention of him. So I think he will, uh, be a bigger character coming on, coming up because these were, I think, uh, break bones and Laris are supposed to be pretty young. Cause Lionel looks like he might be our age. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Laris is, so I couldn't tell Laris's age cause just the way he had looked or whatever, but right. yeah, that is his son. So he's going to be. We're going to be seeing more of the strong boys uh, yes. moving forward. So, like I said, we the whole hunt thing, you know, it plays out. He gets he gets some relief, and this is when when they get back to Westeros after the hunt has taken place. We get back to Westeros, and he's once again having a, a come to Jesus meeting with his daughter Rhaenyra, and they still are not seeing eye to eye. They still don't. They still don't understand each other, and. Like I said, Viserys, for, for all that he has, for all that he has done wrong, he still desperately wants his daughter to be yeah. the queen. That is what he wants, and he even admits he, he admits to her. He's like, I did waver at one point, but I am now more resolved than ever that you will be my daughter and you will not be supplanted. And yeah. I think that makes, I think that's important to Rhaenyra, but I still don't, I still felt like, you know, she's like, I still do not trust you. You're not yeah. like, uh, it makes me, I think she felt a little bit more comforted by the fact that he's still coming, he's coming to her and saying this, but, and like I said, it all comes back to the point that, and she points this out to him. She says, because he's making this thing, you have to marry. We, this is what we do. We marry for advantage. It's what we do. It is our lot in life. It is our duty. It is our responsibility to the kingdom. And she calls him out on. She says, if that were the case, then you would have married Corliss's daughter. That's what you would have yeah. done. And he's basically at that point, he's like, you know what? You got me. And he does tell her that you can pick whoever you want. You pick whoever you want. You marry him. You find you a man that makes you happy and you marry him. And obviously the person that we're going to be, I, that she, I, I feel it seems just completely obvious at this point. It's going to be Kristen Cole. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And let's just, he, he's so dreamy. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it should not be. It's not right that people can look that good. So uh, it'd be that cool looking yes. and like, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and uh, that that scene you're talking about, I, I thought it was, you know, like you said, I think she kind of trusts her dad, but she doesn't trust everyone else, right. including Allison. Yeah, you're who, right. I, I'm kind of surprised a little bit because Allison is trying to to build a bond between them. Right. You know, the couple scenes are seen, but you know, and and I kind of I'm with her. I wouldn't trust because right, she have. hears the noise that everybody wants to, you know, someone else. They don't want her on the throne. Right. But I do think I, I believe her dad. I believe him when he says, you know, he has a sincerity in his face when he's telling her, I want you. Right. You know, and so I, I do believe him. And like I said, the man just looks beat down. Yes, he does. I mean, he he walks the way he's walking now mm-hmm. here in episode three. He's always hunched over he's always having to lean on something he looks like he's on his last leg and yeah. it's like you said i honestly believe that his next i wouldn't be shocked if in the next episode if he's done i'll be perfectly yeah, honest with you maybe i'm wrong about yeah. that but it feels like his time on the show is is coming <laughs> yep. to an end very quickly yeah uh but like i said so that he basically decides after Allison gives him the advice, you know, just we're better off without the crab feeder in our realm. Yeah. So let's go take care of him. So he sends, he sends word to, to the crab stones to, or to Dragonstone 
to that he's sending aid and we have the great scene we've talked about a little bit but i want to talk a little bit more in depth about it so we've got this scene where the there's the ship sailing across Corliss is talking to his brother he's talking to his son they're strategizing and while they're strategizing you've got damon targaryen targaryen flying on his dragon and basically at this point Corliss's brother is like Dame is the reason we're losing. He won't send his bro- his brother won't send help. We need to send him up as a sacrificial lamb to the crab feeder, and that's when we t- you take advantage of it. Uh, which is really an interesting thing to be screaming and yelling when a guy is getting down off of a dragon. <laughs> so I know. I'm like, that's probably not the best idea. But this is when Matt Smith just starts to work his magic, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show. My goodness, the man has a presence about him. He, he does. When he walked in after they had that conversation, it's like he knew what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And he just says, he has this look on his face. Say it to my face. Exactly. That's what he's saying. He Say says, it to my face. Mm-hmm. Without saying a word, that's what he's saying. Because yeah. he doesn't speak a word throughout this. No. This scene probably lasts, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, at least. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. say a word throughout the course yeah. of it. Not a word. Uh, but he says so much. He says so much, exactly. Uh, so he, we have the scene. He walks up. And as he's walking up, as he gets there, that's when the King's men, they show up. He gives them the letter. He reads it. He has that moment. And uh, I didn't know where he was about, how he was about to react. But the reaction that he gives is just fantastic. He just starts yeah. beating the dude down. I mean, don't right. kill the messenger. Is <laughs> It's like, yeah. hey, remember, that's kind of a saying, Damon. We don't kill the messenger. Uh, but it's like, all right, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not accepting my brother's help. It's been three years. We haven't heard a word from you since. I'm going to go surrender. I'm going to go and while, when I surrender, I'm going to go take out as many people as I can. And that's what he does. I mean, he he, yeah. he takes the white flag, he plants it, he pulls out his sword, he offers it up, but obviously he has a plan in mind. And he just starts taking guys out left and right. And this kind of goes back to something that we talked about when we first started covering this show. The Targaryens are different. I mean, yeah. there's just something different about them. I mean... These are these archers should be able to take him out, but they can't. Right. They yeah, finally yeah, yeah. get a couple in him, but it, they don't get a couple in him until he has at least a little bit of cover that he, way he can protect himself. But once he gets to that point, it looks like he's he's done, and that's when uh, Corliss's son comes in with his dragon, Sea Smoke. Like I said, fantastic dragon because I can pronounce his name. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a cool name. Yeah, it is. It's a real cool name. Uh and it fits in the fact that, you know, the sea snake, and uh, that's what they call it, yeah, the sea yeah, snakes yeah. and the sea smoke. So all works uh, really well there. But just great scene where the dragon comes in. Because you see the crab feeder. The crab feeder knows. He's like, he keeps looking around. He's like, where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? That was cool. That was, I love that. Yeah. Because that, like, he, he, he wasn't trusting at all that this was just a complete and total surrender. Right. So he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And then finally, once they get uh, Damon in that, whatever that was, that broken down ship or whatever it was. Yeah. That's when the help comes that's when the dragon rains down fire upon him and we're getting dragon fights in this like i said i, I we're getting closer to what i want i want dragon on yeah. dragon but you know what i'll take dragons lighting up people <laughs> for right. now so uh, yeah, and i was gonna, i was gonna say i love the crab feeders look 
because he looked like something out of Mad Max, like yeah, he did. especially mm-hmm. especially the last movie, Fury Road, like his law the the face whatever face thing right. he's wearing. And then it was like a Fury Road scene where he's just like looking around, like he knows he knows first he's like, Okay, this feels too good. Exactly. Like he has a look mm-hmm. on his face like something's not right. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. And then like you said, he's just feeling it. He's like, Oh no. Right. He, he knows something bad. But I love when all the guys run out and they look like they look more Asian. Mm-hmm. They look like, like they look Middle Eastern. Yeah. They, yeah. But I'll, it looked like, uh, like other movies, like, uh, uh, big trouble, little China. When all of a sudden, like the, all the bad guys, all those type guys would yeah, run mm-hmm. out and, uh, Shanghai nights or what well, the Shanghai noon, the one with oh, Jackie yeah, yeah. Chan. Mm-hmm. There was a scene like that where all of a sudden these guys come running out. You see like Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson running, but it, it was, it was almost comical because it was like that. But then it wasn't because they lined up and right. you could mm-hmm. tell it was serious. And then of course they get mowed down. They got mowed down big time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was just such a, the way they did this, what they carried it out was just absolutely fantastic it's one of the best scenes of the show so far in my, in my opinion just in like it is matt smith just leading the way yeah in this in this show and what this episode did is it and they keep doing this with these first few episodes is like the first episode was they they keep changing the tone the first episode was let's introduce you to this world let's give you kind of a taste of what this show is going to be because you, we don't really get a real good feel for the characters we yeah. in in the first episode probably the only one that we have a real strong feel for is damon after that first episode yeah, yeah. uh but the second episode you know it kind of it, it was a little bit slower it was a little bit uh it was a little bit harder to watch just because you had a lot, it was a lot much slower paced. You had a lot of politicking going on in that one, but you still get the, you understand that this is what this show is going to be about from this point going forward. You're, we're going to have Damon against his brother constantly regretting the decision, both of the, the decision that both of them made, whether or not Damon, this is one thing I wanted to ask you. Because we talked about this a little bit last week when I was talking um, with Blake. You know, I just assumed that Damon actually said the air for a day, but he never actually, we never hear him say that. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a this rhyming couplet that he, he was giving where he says, I don't remember exactly what the exact words were, uh, but uh, something about the, uh, the king and the queen. Uh, I don't know, but. Uh, it would have the rhyming couplet would have been completed with uh, "air for a day," but we don't actually see him say it. We just have Otto Hightower going back to Viserys and reporting that. And then when Damon goes to him, he says, "We all grieve in our own way." That actually completes it as well. Do you think yeah. that he actually said it? I don't know. That's a good question because. Like you said, we don't see it, but he didn't stop it from happening. Right, but he was participating. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you make me want to go back and watch that scene again. Because, well, like I said, we don't see him say it. There's a part of me that wonders: is the reason he doesn't is the reason he doesn't tell his brother I didn't say that is because he has this resentment about Otto Hightower being the hand. He has this resentment yep. about him not picking him to be the hand instead of instead of Otto Hightower, and he's just still shocked that his brother would believe Otto and question him without even confronting him and asking him in, you know, is actually 
you know, in trust and something like that. You know, why are you coming to me like this? You know, we're brothers. So there's part of me that wonders if he actually did say that. Uh, like you you have framed a, a, a good case for him not, and the reason why he just went with it, because he's like, we're bros. Why right. aren't you coming to talk to me? And this just angers him, like I said, because that's what I think the first episode was doing. It was showing that, or the second episode is showing that this is the stakes for that these two letting the motions get the best of them. Damon getting the motions, either whether or not he said that or not. If he did say, yeah, air for a day, you know, doing letting the emotions of that decision get the best of him, or the emotions of I'm mad at my brother for for not coming to me and talking about this man to man in a more civil tone that one of those two decisions, whatever decision it was, you know, he's, he's going to be regretting that, or he's going to be feeling the effects. I'm not actually regretting. I don't think he's, I don't think he would regret it, but he's going yeah. to, he's going to feel the effects of that ever since. And, you know, Viserys is going to feel the effects of lashing out at his brother and naming Rhaenyra as his, as his heir from that point on. And here in episode three, we have, Another tonal shift. We've got a tonal shift where yeah. you've got Rhaenyra not completely trusting her father. You've got Viserys who doesn't have anybody who can he can really trust except for probably the Strongs who he doesn't for whatever reason, even though they're giving solid advice and they seem to understand yeah. the king, he doesn't seem to value their advice for whatever reason. Uh, and you've got Damon who is just so spurned by everything he is willing to you know, sacrifice his own self to, yeah. to even if it, because he doesn't want his brother to have any glory at this point. Right. And let's mention, you can't fully trust anything Otis says. No, you can't trust anything he says. And yeah. what's so interesting about this is it just kind of goes into this whole idea of what life was like during medieval times and all this type of stuff. Otto's not going to benefit from this, from a, from his grandson or whatever being, the king. I mean, he'll be dead no. by the time. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already near sixty. So, like, well, I mean, that so that tells me he's got to have something else that we don't know going on. There's got to be something yeah. else because I can't yeah. imagine that he really cares that much about something that's going to happen in the future when he's dead and gone. I, I just can't wrap my mind around the, the fact that he that he's positioning all this stuff to happen for when you know for his grandchildren to reap the benefits of when he's dead. It's, it's hard for me. Don't you, don't you think like if Viserys got taken out now, Mm -hmm. he really would be running things. You're You're correct about that. Mm -hmm. Because his his daughter's the queen, Mm -hmm. especially if Rhaenyra is supposed to marry, uh, Aegon, Mm -hmm. he's in charge. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not wrong. So like I said, there would be, Obviously, at this point, Rhaenyra is of age, so she could actually take her claim. But you would have probably a lot more people who would listen to to Otto, and would if he tried to cause an uprising, there would probably be one. So, well, Rhaenyra is going to listen to him. She still is going to work with him, and he's yeah. still going to be in her ear. Yeah, just like he is with her dad. See, I kind of wonder. See, I don't know that. See, I kind of think that whenever Rhaenyra takes over, if Otto's still there, which I kind of feel like that's going to be the case. I kind of feel like she's going to fight to have him taken out. 
Yeah, the, yeah, you may be right. It'll be interesting to see what happens yeah, with that. Yeah, because I, don't, I, I don't think she trusts him at all. I think, she, I think she yeah. realizes. Nor, that, nor should she. Yeah, I think she realizes everything that has transpired. Like the person, who, I think she understands that the person who is fighting to have her taken down as the heir the most is Otto Hightower. Because yeah. I think yeah. she understands that. So if something were to happen, I think she's going to have something. Uh, something's going to happen to uh, to Otto as well. And the, here's what's going to be interesting because obviously Olivia Cook is taking over Emily for, uh, for Emily Carey when they age these two children up yeah. into adults. They are in this. They are still in this show. They are still going to be integral parts. And like I said, I think I think we're getting close to the point where Viserys is not going to be around long. I wonder yeah. what's going to happen in the relationship between those two because obviously they were close friends at one time. This whole idea of marrying her father is obviously driven a huge driven a huge wedge in them. It's so obvious. Like we even talked about this at the very beginning when Allison goes to find her and she's sitting under that tree with the with the bard playing the song and I know. and she and Renera saying keep playing and Allison saying no you go away and the bard's like what do I do? Uh, yeah. But so like I said, it's go ahead. That scene made me laugh. Just the introduction. She's like, where is she? And there's some weirdo playing music. <laughs> and isn't that, don't we see, didn't uh, Bran used to read books under that tree too? I think you're right. I think he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, like there she is reading a book, you know, he's playing some tunes and like, I, I don't know that just the intro of that scene made me laugh. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it was just great. And it just shows just how icy their relationship is. And like I said, it also shows that Allison, it makes me wonder that once Viserys is gone, is Allison able to actually be her friend again? Uh, because, and I don't know that she is. It makes well, me wonder though. If you watch the trailer to me, and this is what it looks like. It looks like Damon has moved back. Yes. Yeah. He's injured. Right. Uh, and so I saw him talking to Allison. Yeah, so I right. wonder if he's not going to be working both of them. Now he may be. And because that I think is going to be very much the case is Damon is going to always be cleverly positioning himself as best yeah. as he can. I mean, yeah. that's what basically episode two was for him. He was doing his and best. Go ahead. And there, let's be honest, there's something weird about this family. He'd love to bed his brother's wife. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're right. And it kind of makes me wonder if he would like to bed his, his, his brother's daughter, too. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's that as well. So, uh, like I said, this has been a really good show. It's, it's yeah. interesting watching the show while watching The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of the Power. We've already, we've already recorded our Rings of the Power episode, but... One of the interesting things that I think that I like watching these two is the rings of power. There is, and it just shows the differences in George R. R. Martin and the differences in J.R.R. Tolkien. There's always, even though there is this huge dread and this incredible power that is menacing the land and is constantly casting a shadowy figure across middle earth. There's always this, sense of optimism around yeah. around Tolkien's work. Whereas George R. R. Martin, it's like everything sucks and everything is bad. Death, death is the only thing that we know is coming. Exactly. So it's like I said, it, the, even though these are very similar, even though yeah. these are very similar genres, there's very, there's a lot of similar elements. The storytelling perspective is so vastly different. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know which is, I, I, obviously people are going to compare them. They're going to say, well, I like this better. I like that better. 
I don't really know that I like either better because they are just so uh, that that tone is makes them makes them so almost different properties and it makes them hard to compare. You're right on that, but I have to say this episode uh we'll see what on Rings of Power episode 3 but this was a strong yeah it was uh this would be hard to top this is an episode that i feel like will be talked about for a long time with this show yeah i think so too because that that especially that last thing with with damon that, mm-hmm. that's going to be something that is forever well, talked about that then. image of him at the end where he's blood yeah he got blood covered like, oh, completely okay. covered you're right yeah yeah i mean he just incredible incredible i was just like wow like you said i was like matt smith man yeah he could do anything you know and then also like the sea snake was out just taking out people left and it right was. too which you know we're that's one of the prequels is supposed to about be about him as a young man so i'm very interested in that show mm-hmm. which uh did his brother get hurt uh, uh, his brother remember. looked like he was having a little trouble in the fight so yeah. i wasn't sure but uh yeah, I, I I really think this is an episode that we will be talking about. Uh, you know, when the uh, pig uh, attacked Christian and and uh, Renera, that was yeah, that was a, good one. a really great great scene as well. Yeah, lots lots of good stuff in this one. Lots of lots of powerful images. Lots of powerful yeah. scenes in this one. So, anything else you want to talk about before we get to our weekly awards? Uh, no, I think I think we're good. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. We have three weekly awards when we're covering a season of television. And up first is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP for the week. Who is your MVP for the third episode of House of the Dragon? I've mentioned him a couple of times, and I'm going with Patty Constantine. I think this was the episode that he had to really do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, and, you know, like I said, he is probably the worst part. Yes, he does. Uh, especially the main ones. And I, I, I thought he was just excellent. You could, you know, and I know if we ever have a drinking game about our show, this will be one. Th- you could feel the pain this man is going mm-hmm. through and yeah. just how much this is weighing on him. Right. Like this is how, how good of an actor he is. You, you could feel it through the screen. Yeah. I went ahead and went with Patty Constantine as well, partly because of, of his performance. I thought was really good, but partly because I'm not sure if we're going to get, have many more opportunities to give him the, this opportunity to be the MVP as well. I, I'm glad you said that. I thought that I meant to say that as well, because like I said, maybe it looked, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's going to be around yeah. for the, rest of this first season but it doesn't feel like he's got much no, which, last it, in the show. It, it showed it <laughs> uh next is the agatha all along i think we're, i know where we're going with this but it's yeah. the best scene of the week so what's your agatha all along i mean it's got to be the fight then let yeah. me mention one more thing uh so about the fight when it starts like damon Re- damon has a look on his face like he's somewhat pleased to see the 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 guards mm-hmm. Like he, he is like a small, like a small for him. Right. Yeah. And, and then he, he looks and just kind of, kind of has a smile on his face before the beating. Right. But when he beats those guys, like the other soldiers that came with him, they look so beat down. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, right. No, no, we're, we're, they're thinking like we're all dead. And that, and then that just leads to one of the most incredible 
you know, battles that, that we'll have on, on I can't imagine this show is going to be hard to top that battle. Yeah. Just, just the way it started. So that, you know, that's mine for sure. Yeah, it was mine too. I mean, it's as much as we talked about, it, if you didn't realize that's where we were going for our best scene of the week, then uh, you, you weren't paying attention. So uh, next is the, if you come at the King, you best not miss the best line of the week. What was your best line for the third episode of? House uh, of the Dragon? So um, I, I don't know if I wrote this down perfectly, but, and it's about the Lannister. Let's mention him again. Jason Lannister, yes. that conniving. Yes. That conniving Lannister. Yes, what, it started what, 175 years before they were ever, we ever saw him in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, uh, Renera says, I, be, I know she says he's arrogant. I think she says he's self-righteous. And she's like, I don't want to marry him. He's arrogant and self-righteous. <laughs> and Viserys back says... I thought you may have something in common. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was a good one. Uh, mine came from in, somewhere in that same area. Uh, it was when when uh, Lord Strong was talking to Viserys. He says, uh, King Jaehaerys ruled over half a century of peace while his children drove him to the edge of madness, his daughters in particular. It is tradition. <laughs> that, that was that was my favorite line of the week. So. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so, like I said, lots of good stuff, lots of great lines from this. So, uh, that takes us to our rating for the week. So we have a five-tier rating system. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. Uh, next, Underneath Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the Road Force is Friends. Just Beneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. So far, through three episodes of House of the Dragon, where are you putting this show on our rating system? So this episode was a Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to be... I am so pleased and happy. I'm going with the loss. I'm going to keep my cautious, happy tone. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself and go Game of Thrones. And then this next episode, it feels like a dud. But I, I, I don't feel like we're going to get that. So I'm going to stay yeah. at a Game of Thrones. I'm very happy with I mean, you. Say it. I'm lost. really enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, loss. I'm sorry. Loss, loss, loss. Yeah, I, I was tempted to go ahead and push it up to a Game of Thrones. I was, but I'm going to go ahead and leave it at a loss for now i don't think it's just uh i just don't think it's going to stay there i think we're eventually going to get it to a game of thrones and like i said i'm just kind of honestly i probably could put it there now i'll i'll be perfectly honest with you but we're still three episodes in we still got 10 episodes we still got seven episodes left so we still haven't even met the people who are going to play we yeah. still haven't even met the adult versions of uh Rhaenyra and of Alicent and we, I think is going to play the lion's share of, of these characters. So like I said, let, let me, let me see a little bit more and maybe I'll go ahead and bump it on up to a game of Thrones. But for right now, yeah. let's, let's just leave it at lost and uh, I, keep hoping. <laughs> I, I think that's the right call. Let's, let's throw out a couple of uh, characters we've met tonight. Like I said, uh, Larry strong looks like he's going to be uh, a, a, character to be to be watching we met the lannister jason lannister i'll be mm. interested to see if he has a bigger part we've already mentioned lanier valerion he obviously is going to be a yeah. huge part mm. and they mentioned broken bones uh laris's brother right so that those those characters let's keep an eye on all four of them i, I think their uh parts are going to be bigger also uh sir harold is being very barely used yeah i know i noticed uh, that this, this episode I, too. I, I, I have a feeling at some point he's got to have a bigger part. Yeah, I kind of feel that way as well. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he's yeah. not. But yeah, I noticed this this episode we, we barely saw him in this episode. So yeah. 
All right, uh, that brings us to the end of our discussion on the third episode of House of the Dragon. But before we go, we do want to do some recommendations. What are some things you would like to recommend to our listening audience before we hit off? Yeah, I watched the first season of Dark Winds. It was a show on AMC that came out in the beginning of June. Okay. It, is, uh, it was starring Zane McLaren who is a Native American actor, you would recognize him. Uh, Rain Wilson plays a part. Okay. Uh, Noah Emmerich, if you you would recognize him as well. It takes place on a... Uh, there has been a heist uh, in, in a town that a reservation is on, and the FBI is investigating it, uh, and it involves the Native American uh, police looking for it. Zane McLaren is a Native American police officer and he teams up with a young FBI agent. This is based on a huge book series okay. that uh, there's like 20 books. It's very popular. Uh, it's Lee Porn and Che are the uh, characters, the uh, top characters, but it was really good. It had a little bit mix of the Taylor Sheraton where it's like gritty right. and the Cullen brothers where it has that dark comedy. I really enjoyed the show. It was only six episodes. I, I would definitely recommend it. Season two already got, uh, uh, approved for. So I, I think AMC, you know, they're trying to build their AMC plus. Yeah. So I think they're going to give their shows a couple of seasons, but this was enjoyable. I, I think it'll probably get better. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple, actually one that you had mentioned is something you've been looking forward to that, that came out on Hulu. I did watch the first two episodes of the patient. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. I didn't realize that, uh, Dom Hall Gleason, was that his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that was general Hux from the new star Wars yeah. movies. Uh, he's, he's really good in this and Steve Carell is really good. I kind of wish it was something that they just went ahead and released. The, the only drawback is I think it's something that would be easy to because they're short episodes. I mean, they're only like yeah. 20 minutes, ep- 20 minute episodes. So I kind of wish they just released them all at once and that way I, way I could watch it. But uh, the first two episodes are, are really good. It, it, it's a really strong, it's a really strong series so far. Uh, I enjoyed the first two episodes immensely. So that is one I would recommend based off of something that you said you were looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, another thing, if you like Miss Marvel, I mean, this is kind of a, a, uh, uh, a recommendation with conditions. If you like Miss Marvel, CW has a show that's similar. It's called Stargirl. Uh, it's season three is what they're starting it up. Uh, the CW shows, they are very hit or miss. Some of them have been really good. Some of them have been really bad. Stargirl is one of the better ones. It's uh, got Brett Basinger, who has no relation to Kim Basinger. But mm. the guy who I love in it is Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Is I was going to say, I thought he was. Yeah. It, yeah. And he is fantastic in the role that he plays. Good. He is just absolutely fantastic in that role. But uh, this, this one... This season, the first episode aired this past Wednesday. It was a really, it was a really good one. It, it that seems to be going in a in a very unique direction, and so I'm really looking forward to it. But like I said, if you like Miss Marvel, I would highly recommend you watch this because I think you would, I think you would enjoy this one as well. So for anybody out there who liked Miss Marvel, go watch this one. You'll enjoy this one as well. And last but not least, we've talked about She-Hulk and recommendations the past two weeks. I talked about the first week, and then Blake talked about it last week. One thing I will say about this show. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's a very fun show. And this is kind of a, this is a bit of a critique on all of these streaming services because all these streaming services seem to have a set in stone way in which they're going to do things. She Hulk 
to me, if you haven't started watching it, wait till it's over and just binge the whole thing. I think it would be a more enjoyable watch that way just because of the setup of the show. It's yeah, a much yeah. more low stake show. And we may eventually talk about it when it's, when it's eventually over, but I feel like Disney plus has said, okay, we're going to just do the week to week thing. We're never going to do a release everything all at once. Uh, Amazon at least seems to have this understanding. You know, there are some things that are better for binge. There are some yeah. things that are better for week to week. I think Disney need, Disney Plus kind of needs to learn that same lesson because I think this is one that if people had it to watch all nine episodes at once and they could knock out knock them all out in like two or three days, I think it would probably stick with people a lot more. Because right now, She-Hulk is just kind of getting lost. It's getting lost yeah. in House of the Dragons, getting lost in the Rings of the Power. It's not going to compete with those. Just release everything at once. Let it, people enjoy yep. it. Let people watch it and be done with it instead of trying to compete because it's right now it can't. Well, Miss Marvel was the same way. I think mm-hmm. it would have had a better better chance had it been released all at once as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And like I said, it, but it's really apparent with this because they've got so much strong stuff that it's, it's competing with. You could probably make the you could make the case that there wasn't an, the only thing that that was really competing with it was the boys back in in the summer. This there's just too much. I mean, it is there is yeah. no way that this minor character from the comics is going to be able to compete with these two juggernaut franchises. There's just not. And like I said, yeah. I think, I think it's a mistake. And I think streaming services, this is one thing that they have to figure out is they have to understand not everything they, they release and everything they produce is deserves the same type of treatment every single time. So I think they need to learn their lesson with this one. I don't know that they will, but I think they, they should. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought it's something else. Uh, another recommendation. That? Well, kind of one and a half. Uh, Luke Wilson was actually on Conan O'Brien's podcast this past week. How was he? And he was really great. Actually, when I listened to that, I thought, man, I love Luke Wilson. Yeah, I, he's you great. Know, uh, he is, he is always good. And he, he, this, it will make you laugh. But the other thing, uh, this happened yesterday. Uh, the drummer from the Foo Fighters, no, I saw uh, you post about Taylor this. Hawkins, uh, passed away. Uh, Paramount Plus and then MTV, CBS will be showing clips. There was a big tribute concert for him, and it's on. There's the highlights of Paramount Plus. It's about a 45 minute. There mm-hmm. was like a six hour concert where they had all these artists: Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. Lars Ulrich, Brian Johnson, ACDs. All these huge names were there, but the one that will just it is hard to watch but it's so beautiful they bring up taylor hawkins 16 year old son to play uh my hero a famous uh foo yeah. fighter song and he's playing the drums just like his dad and you can feel that kid beating the emotion right. and the grief out of it and i gotta say i was in tears and i'm not that kind of person right <laughs> when i was watching this and everyone in the band is turning around and and i, I it it is i you can tell every time someone watches this because i've seen it on twitter and facebook people are it's usually the same thing well i wasn't expecting to start bawling <laughs> today but here we are but right it is one of the even if you just watch that clip watch the the clip of shane hawkins uh playing the drums like his dad it is it is one of the most beautiful things and you can, like I said, you can feel the grief and you feel like this kid is going to be okay. Right. 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, real quick before we head off, we like I said earlier, we did record our, our midweek episode on the Rings of Power. Uh, it will be coming to you either on Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't decided yet when I'm going to release it at this point, but uh, you can expect that. So if you watch the first two episodes of Rings of Power, make sure you come back to us later on this week to catch out to check out those episodes. Other than that, though, is there anything else you want to add, Ryan? I just want to tell everybody we appreciate you joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.